it's just all about maintaining balance. There's that fine line of okay, working towards your goals and like remembering what you're working towards, but also not remembering like you can experience burnout. And especially with things you're passionate about, do what's best for yourself. This is what why you're doing what you're doing. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me on another spring edition of the Richard Listens podcast, where we interview the people that we meet on our journey, the people that you meet on your journey and bring to my attention. And uh, we're going to keep it rolling today with uh, one of our favorite go-to locations, Studio Gyms, located in Beverly Hills on the edge of West Hollywood, shout out to them for being a part of my long-term longevity and fitness and all the coaches and trainers over there. I always like to highlight and feature some of the amazing, inspiring folks who give to me and also have a passion to give back to the world. Uh, without further ado, today's guest is Gloria Scipioni. Uh, she is born and raised in Los Angeles and graduated from California Polytechnic University at Pomona with a BS in kinesiology. She is passionate about sports performance training as well as overall physical fitness and currently works as a fitness coach and personal trainer at Studio Gyms. She is a former basketball player, one of my all-time passions. And today we'll highlight some of getting into healthy self-esteem as an athlete, where to find your own value and identity, and understanding some of kinesiology and your body in terms of your long-term health and maintaining your development as an athlete. Without further ado, um, we all know how important your physical health is and your mental health. It's my pleasure to introduce to you, Gloria. Thank you, Gloria, for joining us today on the Richard Listens podcast. How are you checking in? I'm doing great. Super excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I'm glad we were able to nail down a date. So that's right. And you and this is after working a, a full day of training individuals. This is like dinner time. Yeah, you being one of them. Man, we got our workout <laughs> in and here we are. <laughs> that's right. And I was proud of the intro to say that, you know, Studio Gyms always introduced me to such amazing individuals and certainly uh, who they bring in, the character of trainer is really important. Um, and how do you find, you know, what draws you to inspire others? What is it about being a trainer? I know some people, you know, just want to do it because they love being around fitness. Uh, there's so many reasons to why. Um, so what, what led you on this path? I mean, just being a few years out of college to be so focused and driven. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of stories there. Um, but, um, yeah, tell us why fitness and um what's your why well like always been around fitness you know i've played sports since probably like second or fourth grade so like i've always been active i've always been doing that kind of stuff um so i kind of just followed along that path of like playing sports you know being around athletes like just i, mean, I got five being... questions just about that right there i mean yeah. did, did you love it were you just like really tall and they were like you basketball like how does that happen <laughs> Did your parents yeah. be like, yes, this is what you do? So, oh, or was man. it just play and fun and you just gravitated? Well, my first, I guess my first sport, my dad wanted it to be golf. But when I was younger, like, you know, when kids are so young, they have so much energy. Golf isn't necessarily the sport that you would want to play. Um, but like, I was always in like middle school, high school, like 
elementary school, I was always like, I guess, a little bit of a tom girl or tomboy, whatever the term is. And so I was always out on the field playing with the guys. Like I played flag football in middle school and elementary school. Like I played basketball. I was on the guys team for football, not for basketball, for football. Um, but like, I always just wanted to be moving around playing, like just being active. Like I tried out almost every sport, um, but basketball stuck the most. Like, I think it was just the, um, combination of the sport and just like the social connections that it has. Like, I love traveling for tournaments. Like I love practices being around my teammates and stuff like that. And just the love of like the sport kind of kept me drawn into that fitness world all the way up until like, you know, at time to choose a career, choose a college degree. You know, I not much of a math person, not a business person. And that like, in that regard, like it never drew me in in turn when chose to, when I came time to choosing a major. So I was like, what can still allow me to be in that field of sports and not, and make a career out of it outside of being like a professional athlete. So that's kind of where I just kind of ended up following that path. I never really strayed from it. Like I went into college with a communications degree, but that was mainly just to get into college. I wasn't, I wasn't planning with sticking with I that. I think you're still using close. your communications degree. <laughs> I, I think so. I, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I, that's not being put to, um, put to bad use. It's, I'm definitely well, a that's a lot of sure. skills, right? Especially yeah. now with the world moving towards like group training or having to be on the move and project uh, yeah. your voice. Or I happen to do a, a charity bike race. I know we joked about that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the trainer is there on the mic and she has to be inspiring quotes while she's fully exerting herself. And I'm like, that's a lot of multitasking. Yeah, the ins the the inspirational quotes. I'm still trying to get down. Like I've never been <laughs> while sprinting, <laughs> while running around the room. You know, like like I haven't been. I haven't had the chance to put on a microphone yet. I don't know if that's just because my voice is already loud enough, but haven't <laughs> put on a microphone yet. But yeah, definitely. Like as opposed to what I'm been used to, but working on like group fitness, like all that stuff, like personal training. It's like a completely different world where you have to also incite inspiration while also yelling at these people to go faster on the assault bike so it's a big mix right knowing who needs to be pushed harder who needs to be pulled back yeah I mean, exactly it's like you're your own production crew oh yeah you're running the show it's it's a show basically so and you chose basketball that was your sport yeah basketball i i think i was in i want to say like sixth grade when I really like nailed down like yeah this is what I was fourth or sixth grade where I was like yeah this is what I want to dedicate my time to like I love this sport like I want to like just play it forever as any kid does when they're entering a new sport you know um so I dedicated all my time to that like my parents were great with that like I'm an only child so I feel like that also helped in terms of like them being able to help me out like you know drive me everywhere like help me like focus on that dream like my parents were amazing with driving me to tournaments, putting me in like um, camps that did sports or did basketball or like extra training outside of just my school and club. Like I couldn't appreciate them enough for doing that and like helping me to like keep that passion alive. Um, but yeah, up until that only la that passion only lasted up until like my final, like my senior year of high school, I didn't play college sports. Um, so that kind of died down, which sucks but like you know it happens you know whether it's circumstance or like a coach or whatever like 
that you just get burnt out. And that's kind of what happened to me. Like I, my whole dream was to play college sports. and I'd always wanted to play in college. Like my, might've been an unrealistic goal, but I did want to always play at Oregon. Like that was my school. Like the moment I like learned about Oregon, like I always wanted to play up at Oregon. Um, so that was always one of my dreams, but you know, things change, dreams change, life happens. So it doesn't always was work there out. A the moment? Was there, was there a rejection? Was there a, you know, anything that made you change course where you were like, um, Cause I know for me, you know, like there was some, I didn't, don't know if I had the realistic expectations of, of where I could play. And then when I did have that, I don't know that I had the confidence mm-hmm. to keep reaching out to those coaches. Some things that are now taught on yeah. the AU circuit or modeled for you in so many of these camps, mm-hmm. uh, there were some gaps um, in my head and probably some gaps in terms of, you know, what was realistic and then going all out for it. Some and some beliefs about that you couldn't be excellent at two things at once, which we now know is, you know, a farce, right? Yeah. Actually, if you're applied in your sport, it probably it makes you better. You can do two things really well, actually. Uh, Yeah. Best athletes, right? It gives you a lot to be that focused. Mm -hmm. Oh, 100 percent. For me, I I don't think I ever I never lack the confidence that I could make it because I was. I know a lot of people are like this when they're in high school. You only want to go D1. Like, that's the goal. You only want to play at a Division One school. So, like, I had no problem reaching out to coaches and stuff like that. Um, I didn't reach out to as many coaches as I wanted to by the time I was burnt out. I only reached out to a couple, but things happened. Like I said, like, uh, my experience, my personal experience was the um, the coaching that I had received in high school and then also the administration of my high school in general, um, they really put like me in a box with how I could like play and express my competitiveness. And like, I just kind of felt like I was being held back and like me at myself as an athlete. And so like, because of that, I was like, you know what, I don't even want to play this sport anymore because like, I can't really do what I want to do. Like there were instances where I was told I was being too competitive. Um, I was setting a bad example for the school. For one, I went I was female athlete. And then I also went to a Catholic, a private Catholic school. So there's already those like levels of expectation, how we're supposed to act. Like you're a, you're a girl, like you can't, like you can't um, be on the court yelling, like slamming the ball. Like in retrospect, I understand that getting a technical, you shouldn't be getting a technical anyways, but for them to turn that around and be like, this is how you're supposed to act as like a female athlete representing the school. Meanwhile, like the male athletes could do whatever they wanted and be praised because they won the game. So just kind of experiencing that for multiple seasons in a row, being sat down because I was being too competitive in a game or too like expressive, whatever, like too passionate about my sport, essentially. Um, I was just kind of like, well, you guys aren't letting me play the game. So like, why would I want to play it anymore? So that's when I kind of like just stopped talking to coaches. I didn't play travel ball going into my senior year. So that kind of ruined my chances of getting exposure to go to yeah. colleges. Yeah. Cause that's a big what, time where it's like, hmm? yeah. Oh, senior year. Totally. But what you're saying is mm-hmm. so true. And it's like, I'm always, I always am sensitive to the double standard about asking about, you know, what your, what your experience is as a female athlete, because, you know, it's like, 
now we see, you know, male, female, the competitive drive, the standards getting raised, right? If you I want to get into it in a minute, right? The NCAA championship game, the level, oh, the episode, yeah. the level of play is, is just increasing. Um, exposure is, is growing for the for the women's game. Um, but to hear that message about like, so it sounds like there's a combination of like, yeah, what's what's appropriate. How mm-hmm. many, yeah, are you allowed to be, what's healthy aggression? Exactly. Like, what are you allowed to express? Like, what, to what level are you able to show your passion for what you're doing? You know, for your sport, like you said, the women's tournament just happened. My Twitter timeline couldn't get enough of Angel Reese's reaction. Like, she just won the tournament. Let her react, act how she is. She is an amazing athlete. Both of them are. Caitlin Clark as well. Like. The minute a woman athlete does something like that, oh my gosh, the world flips over on his head, right? But the male athletes can do whatever they want and it's seen as like, oh my gosh, they're so into it, blah, blah, blah. And like, don't get me wrong, I love like the competitive and competitiveness in every sport, but it's like we can't come at the person's character and say like, oh, like how they've been saying like act with class or whatever, because exactly what they were telling me when I was in high school, like I got pulled into... I don't know how many meetings with the dean, the president of the school, the principal, the athletic director, all telling me that I need to act a certain way when I'm on the court. And I'm like, no, this is sports. This is, I'm an athlete. Like I'm going to play the game, how the game's supposed to be played. You know, if so you this wanna- is a good question. Cause I, you know, I, I want to stay friends with you and I, mm-hmm. but you know, like for me, I'm always the guy, I'm, I'm a little bit of the police. Yeah. I'm a little bit of like, show your competitiveness until you're like, putting the ring finger in somebody's face. And of yeah. course it's, I wasn't in the moment or not in the context, you know, like I'm sure yeah. if I could dunk over two people and hang on the rim, I would want to flex as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but how do you draw this line between like, and this is male or female, like healthy yeah. aggression versus like, you know, I saw like every single three pointer. Now somebody's got to dance and a gesture and, mm-hmm. a, and a move. And I'm like, at what point is everybody <laughs> doing it for, you know, the attention or the praise? Um, yeah. You know, like, so I don't know. That's just my pet peeve. I don't know if you have a thing about that. But no, 100%. There's so many individual ways to express yourself and your happiness. That's what you're yeah. getting to. Yeah. I mean, I totally think that there's like a line that doesn't need to be crossed. Um, I've always been told by like my, my good coaches that it's like um, when it comes to like scoring or whatever, like if it's not like that game um, defying moment or whatever, like act like you've been there before. Like I've always been told like if I made a three or if I made a shot or whatever, like don't celebrate after every single one, like, you know, like act like you've done that before, like act like that's supposed to happen. Um, so I see, I see that what you're saying a lot where after every shot, it's like, oh, okay, okay, we get it. Like, like that's supposed to happen. Like you're supposed to make those. So I think exactly right. You're at the professional level. You get, and and it's like, yeah, at what point does somebody celebrate and not getting back on, on defense or, or, uh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm a fundamentals guy. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like I'm with you on that. There's definitely like the right time and place where it's like more natural to celebrate about something like big or like, Oh, like the ref just, the ref is now 
taking control of the game, like, because the score's so close. And that's when you're like, oh, Mike, like, in his face or whatever. But like you said, like, after every single accomplishment, like, in that game, like, you know, I feel like there is a line that would be drawn where it's like, act like, you, like, act like that's supposed to happen. Like, you know, like, yeah, like and, I that's like, that was just nothing. And and I've been privy to a few games, uh, um, the the high school that my uh, my kids go to, they, the girls won the state championship. I think they're one of the smallest private schools to, like, win state championship. And um, there were a few games, and it was so confusing. And I know this gets this way in professional sports, where, like, religious taunts, race, like, it was getting um, – really intense yeah see, and i don't know if that's just always been the way the world has been with sports that it's been this focus mm-hmm. of where right um you know private schools play public schools and mm-hmm. used to be predominantly white schools playing you know black schools and it was like there were tensions so yeah. i just yeah i don't know how we get to a place of like where human dignity and respect takes over that or or if that's being kind of bred by some of the coaches but uh maybe just sports is where whatever's happening in society gets played out yeah i mean like i it's like i've seen that happen like i just think when you start to attack like when you start to attack someone's like personal being or like who they are as a person who they are as a religion race or whatever it's like okay now this is not even about sports anymore. This isn't even about the game we're playing. Like you are attacking the individual, like outside of like the competition. And that's where it's like, obviously that line is so far gone and so far crossed. And that's where I believe that it just becomes way more disrespect and nasty. And it's like, that shouldn't even come to like your mind. Like that shouldn't even be a thought. Like you should not be attacking the person for who they are, what religion they are. What you shouldn't be using that in the state of competition, not even close. And so, right. unfortunately, it does happen. Unfortunately, it does happen. And like you said, the state of sports, state of the world, like, it sucks. And it's, like, terrible. Like, there are some nasty people out there who that level of competition brings that nastiness out of them, which is insane. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's so tied, right? They say winning isn't mm-hmm. isn't everything, but it's the only thing. But, you know, when we're being raised, right, that your entire character is based on winning, and mm-hmm. do it at all costs. We're losing a little bit of the ethics and sportsmanship. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I wonder how, I know it's, it goes all the way up to the most professional levels with, yeah. with uh, cheating and uh, taunting at the uh, line of scrimmage and football. I'm sure what they're saying to each other isn't so pleasant. It's, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it's not the greatest things. Yeah, I think being able to maintain that level of sportsmanship and like ethics and morality and respect for an individual while still meeting that level of competition you know because it can be done you can be competitive you can be passionate while still being respectful to an individual that's right so how do you do it how do you you know head straight from college into being so committed so locked in Mm -hmm. um you know it's not a uh career for those who uh love to sleep in um (laughs) that's for sure uh, what's helped you get going and um, being ready to deal with whatever uh, moods or um, personalities that you get to encounter on a daily basis? I mean, I just kind of, I just keep in mind like why I, like, I love doing it, like the passion I have for the job, like 
before I was working at studio as a personal trainer, I was working for three years as like a physical therapy assist or aid and also like a sports performance sports trainer out in Westlake. Um, and so working there, it wasn't your typical physical therapy. I know when people think physical therapy, they think of like, oh, okay, like hospital, like really general stuff. But like this one, I was able to work with like high school athletes, college athletes, professional athletes, like general population. So I was able to get that exposure. And when you're working with, especially people going through rehab, like, and being able to see the progress, get them back to their sport, like performing at high levels, like it just becomes so rewarding, especially with my favorite demographic to work with, I think is high school athletes. Um, but just being able to like see that and like, it's a lot more rewarding. And then that also takes into personal training, right? People who come into personal training, they have different goals, right? Every single client I have at like studio, they have a completely different goal. So like being able to be someone who helps them meet that goal. Like I'm all about doing stuff that helps you feel like you're making other people better like rewarding. Like I like, I like having purpose. I like having purpose in life. Like I don't just like to go through the motions and whatever. Like I want to really feel like I'm making an impact on someone's life. And I think that this fitness world, regardless of the hour I have to wake up at, or like, you know, some days like the, I may deal with someone who's a bit um, less pleasant to work with than others. Like at the end of the day, like you just have to keep in mind, like why you're doing what you're doing, what you're working towards, like what your passions are and like how you're able to express those in the lives of others. So that's kind of what's helped me kept going. Like my ultimate goal is to work with high school and like developing athletes and really help them reach that next level. Um, but definitely a lot of hoops I need to jump through. I still have a long way to go before I really reach my final goal. But yeah, it's just understanding like what you love. And like, I think that's important. That helps you keep going in your career. Yeah. And um, so you mentioned a couple, you mentioned physical therapy, you mentioned mm-hmm. personal training. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to us about what kinesiology is and the importance of understanding kinesiology in your body mm-hmm. in terms of your long-term health and in terms of developing as an athlete. Well, to give you like the textbook definition, um, kinesiology is basically, like, basically the science of like how we move, how our body moves. And as you know, like being active, like moving and understanding how our body moves, super important in everyday life, right? It affects everything we do. Um, within kinesiology, there's branches of like um, physical fitness, like nutrition, physiology, which is more the, um, that's more uh, the, our, our bodies on a cellular level. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's applicable through all aspects of life. I think that fitness and that aspect of kinesiology is so important. And it's also, I believe it's very important for people to understand, obviously not on like a, like a degree level, like you have a degree in it, but like, just have some understanding as to what it is you're doing, why you're doing it. Right. I always, whenever I'm taking someone through an exercise or taking someone through something, like I want to explain to them, like you're doing this because you need to be able to do this and this will help you do this or like the X, Y, Z. So I think being able to understand like what kinesiology is and why it's important, how we understand how our body moves can help us like live healthier lives, like live more functional lives. And so like being able to kind of semi-educate people, right? Because like you can't just word vomit everything to like everyone, but like being able to semi-educate them on like what it is you're doing and like why you're in the gym and like why that's so important is also another thing I love about my job because I love constantly learning and like regurgitating that information 
to others and like helping them to understand the why. So I think that's a really important aspect of that field. It's like really not just doing it, but understanding why it's important and why you're doing it. In terms of uh, stretching, in terms of um, the importance of each exercise. Yeah, exactly. Like not just blindly like, okay, like you're a robot. I'm just going to do what you told me to do. Like, no, like if you have like a lower back issue, like, or whatever, like we're going to do this, we're going to do this exercise coupled with this one to kind of help you do that. Or it's just understanding why it is important to move, you know, like fitness, like it's always going to be important. It's always going to be prevalent in everyone's lives. I just think understanding that and understanding that is, it should be a priority in everyone's lives is also part of my job. Like that's also explaining as to why you should be here and like why it's important. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I mean, for someone who, you know, was aspiring as a collegiate athlete that, you know, when I would go to lift weights, it was chest and buys and tries and Mm -hmm. you never worked your legs, uh, you know. um, You know, and there was not a lot of education or, you know, around form or, right taking care of your 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 back taking care of your not injuring yourself Mm -hmm. uh and maybe that knowledge was there maybe if you met with a personal trainer uh and i know that that probably a lot more information is now readily available for for athletes in terms of taking care of themselves longer but how do we learn how to take care of our bodies and and grow without injury well i think the like the world of kinesiology and just like exercise science and like fitness is constantly growing. Like there's constantly new studies being shown or being proven or being done. Um, There's endless information out there. The tricky part is sifting through and finding which information is legit and which information is not. Um, I think a lot, especially since COVID, like we talked, like we mentioned earlier, TikTok, I think um, a lot of fitness information is being thrown out onto the internet just willy-nilly by anyone. Um, And I think that makes it difficult to kind of weed out, okay, what's legit and what's not. So you kind of have to do a little research on your own. And I know nobody like, like not a lot of people like to do their own research. They like to just have the information handed to them. Um, I used, I honestly kind of used to be like that. Like I never really um, went out of my way to do my own research. Um, when I was like in college, like I would just kind of do the work that was given to me and that was it. Um, but I think just putting like, if you really want to do it right, I think finding sources, whether it's a personal trainer, whether it's a professor or whoever, like just finding or reading up on like the journal of science. Um, what is it? Journal of science and medicine, science education. There's like a, there's a bunch of journals out there on kinesiology on exercise science on movement of medicine and all that stuff or the medicine of movement sorry got my words jumbled up um but but just like yes (laughs) yes Yes, it's part of that perfect um i know i can picture the book cover i just can't remember the name but i just really think it's important to do your own research and like you said trusting trusting your sources doing research mm -hmm. yeah i think that's the biggest thing but like obviously there are a lot of today's society they just want it 30 seconds quick clip do this this Mm. and this it's going to help that that like it's going to help you be able to do this um so i think that we kind of where we kind of fall short as like a fitness community or people entering the fitness community is the lack of education in doing so 
Yeah, exactly. And 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 easily, readily accessible does not mean that it's the most. It's legit. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the thing with like I'm sure if I went on my Instagram or my TikTok feed, I could scroll for 30 minutes and just be like fitness reels. But it's finding which ones are actually like legit. Who is who is a qualified um, individual in that field, and what information they have is proven is backed up like they know what they're talking about like they're in a position to truly help people and educate people and they're legit so what's the one common area of kinesiology that you find that you need to focus on across all new training clients is there one um i would say it's definitely people's honestly it's just people's ability to move like what they're able to do and what they what they're not able to do like everyone has their different um, limitations everyone has what things they can do and cannot do um and it's being able to work with that and like kind of improve those movements i would say that's one of the biggest aspects of that is just everyone moves differently everyone has their reasons for how they move and it's just learning to working to improve those and being able to like get the movement patterns down a little bit better. Right. I remember recovering from an injury uh, in the back. And every time I'd go into my karate studio, they would ask, you know, is it discomfort or is it pain? And I've had a couple of those moments in the gym too, because, you know, you will stop doing an exercise or will favor, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a side or, you know, without really knowing what might be a good modification. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And that's, that's a lot of where I'm like kind of grateful I did like I did go because my original goal was to be a doctor of physical therapy. So being able to have like that experience in a physical therapy office and like being able to see and like look at things and like see like, oh, you're moving this way because overcompensation on your left side or whatever it is. Um, but like being able to see those things, I think really gives me like that edge in the personal training realm where they kind of go hand in hand. Right. And I have clients who have injuries and like I'm able to like I can kind of know like okay I know that this needs to be strengthened before we start doing something else so being able to like have that experience and see those type of things really helps me in my personal training like career now so I think that like how you said about like learning like between discomfort and pain that's also a big thing right like I wish I've always talked about like I wish I could just put myself in your guys's like body or whatever when you're doing an exercise so I can really know like is this really a eight out of ten on the pain scale or is it more of like a two out of ten and you just don't really like you're not comfortable with the movement just yet. You know? Right. That's the that's the relationship aspect of training. You're like, hmm, do I trust their answer or yeah. (laughs) You learn you start to learn. You're like, okay, I know you as a person and like as a client and your seven out of ten ends up is more like a two out of ten. And so you can do the exercise perfectly fine. Like you're just being like, you're right. When is it just motivated motivation issue? When is it? Yeah. Somebody is just always, is it, when is it fatigue? I'll Mm -hmm. speak for myself, right? When you're just, (laughs) you you don't realize that because of fatigue, well, I just want to lift the lightest weight. Yeah. But it's hard to look at, well, that might not lead to the growth that you want to get. So how do we address the fatigue before you come in to train? I mean, hey, us at the studio, like we're 
chugging Celsius's like there's no tomorrow. Like that's how we deal with the fatigue. That's a whole separate <laughs> podcast on our caffeination. <laughs> on our caffeination intake. Oh my gosh. You would have a four hour segment interviewing like the, the my coworkers and everyone. We, down can, there. we can brew some cold brew there. We should just have a picture. Oh, that's that's how we start off the morning. We start off the morning with coffee, then around like nine. That's when we all like crack open the first Celsius and we're like, all right, let's keep the day going. So yeah, is it helpful or harmful that the cans are so small? Oh man, I mean, <laughs> we just drink more. <laughs> but we just drink more, and it's honestly concerning that we're a little immune to it now. We have to keep drinking more. So I in terms of fatigue, that's not the best way to address it, but what is it? Milan and Josh always said in this industry, you can never be, you can never be too caffeinated or too educated or something along those lines. Like the two <laughs> most important things. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, I really, I want to agree with that. And part of me wants to say uh, I should come in and consult on biorhythms and, and maybe you guys need to go outdoors to the park and do a, a, a group uh, stretch or breathing in that beautiful oh park there and get some green right because it's it's oxygen levels it's a little bit of getting in touch with nature yeah. uh because right you're even though you're moving you can become similar to my profession where you're helping you're so dialed into others projecting mm-hmm. your energy all the time that and you kind of forget about yourself yeah it's easy to lose that line right oh 100 well when you talk about going on the grass Jaime, you know you've you've met Jaime before one of the of trainers course. at the studio yeah He'll, he'll preach to us all times like, guys, you have to go out and stand in the sun, lay in the grass. Like, we'll ask him where he just came from. He's like, oh, I just, I was just hanging out at the park in the sun. I love the sun. I love being out in the sun. I'm a big summer person. I love the sun. But, you know, sometimes it's just, it doesn't work the same as 150 milligrams of caffeine. Well, do an experiment. <laughs> Maybe see, you know, I mean, what is that? You know, like one of these uh, statistical studies, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Two days exactly. where you get a twenty-minute power nap on the grass, versus, and then, the, versus chugging the Celsius. Well, that's the challenge with any habit formation, right? Um, exactly, and, and that's it's actually a good another topic we could do a whole session in is right all these nutritions and supplements and how much is assisting with your exercise and yeah. Do we even know what all these things are doing, um, you know, for our heart and our health? Yeah. Oh, 100%. So what do you do when a client comes in and they're like, oh, I'm taking creatine and, uh, you know, I'm doing a pre-workout and 16 different things. Um, yeah. How important is it to kind of take a look at what's in your cabinet? I mean, I, I myself am still learning a little bit more about like the nutritional side of things. Cause like in kinesiology, that's a whole major itself. Like you can, like you get a little bit of in my degree, cause my degree was an exercise science focus. You get a little bit of that, like nutrition aspect, but that is a whole major, like a whole like area itself that I'm still also kind of learning a little bit more about. Like, you know, I take my protein, like I'll take my pre-workout to get that little, which pre-workout is essentially just caffeine. It's just caffeine to give you the energy to get through the workout. <laughs> so as far as supplements it's for good. myself. It's caffeine with marketing. Is that what you Exactly. So like for myself, like I don't, um, I don't give too, too much advice on stuff that like I don't myself know that much about like or have that much. I'm still learning about it. You know, we're still always learning um, in terms of like protein. 
and like creatine and like um, pre-workout, those are kind of just my base ones. Like I don't go too crazy with the supplements. Like my whole thing is I need, I want to get like my, my protein intake in, in a day. So like I'll have a shake or two or whatever, like just to supplement my meals. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the overall area of health and nutrition, it is so it is um, something I definitely am still exploring. Cause like you said, you have people who come up to you and ask, and you want to be able to really provide them with like, like detailed information um, rather than just like kind of referring them to a nutritionist, which is honestly what is probably one of your best bets, especially if you are a personal trainer. Yes, you can learn about some things. You can educate yourself. You can learn things, but also working in hand with an actual nutritionist is like your best bet because that is their, like, that is their niche. Like that is their thing. It's like going to a personal, like a nutritionist and asking them about like, oh, like the best training methods, or like, what can I do for this? You know, like you want to work in hand with people in that community. Um, but yeah, definitely, like I said, like definitely still educating myself on the best supplements because there are so many brands and there are so many supplements. You go into a vitamin shop and it's just like so overwhelming. You're just like, it's very know. overwhelming. Yeah. Like, I don't even know which one to get. Like, I don't know which one is going to like be the best for me, which one is going to, you know, not make my stomach turn or whatever, like plant versus, um, versus whey and all that stuff. So it's just an endless thing where like you go in it's honestly like overwhelming the amount of information and like resources and supplements there are out there in that aspect so if you're so, a lay person out there and you are just mm-hmm. looking on instagram or youtube is there a credible research resource that you point them to if they're not a journal person do i i hmm i don't have a i haven't found anyone on instagram yet in terms of um, nutrition that I truly trust. Um, I think that would be something that would be next on my list for that people. I haven't really, honestly, quite honestly, I haven't experienced people too much asking me anything outside about like, Oh, what do you recommend whey or plant-based protein? Um, I have my, my, my arsenal is more so like the, um, like who to follow if you want to like, like have some workouts at home or like improve like your fun, like your functionality, your movements and stuff like that. I definitely need to venture more into that nutrition world. So that can also be a better resource for me as a trainer, right. To kind of add to that, like add to that um, value that I can give to people for sure. And that's important, right? That no matter what Mm -hmm. level we're at, we're always learning. Yeah. Um, I love it whenever I make time for a new training and it's like, Oh, you know, it's like a new tool in my kit. And then I like focus solely on that. I'm like, oh, this is in every session. And then all of a sudden it becomes natural. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm I'm the first person to admit when I don't know something. Like I will ask, I will never just not ask a question because I don't want to sound dumb. I did a internship up in Santa Barbara for three months. Um, and that was literally all I did was I was just up there asking these guys questions. Um, it was actually at, I don't know, it was at Peak Performance Project up in Santa Barbara. It's an amazing group of people. Like they're so smart, so highly educated. And it was like the best experience ever learning from them and being around them. And so I just took advantage of that. I was like, I'm going to like, I will sound dumb asking about anything because like, I honestly don't know what I don't know, but I love to con- to be constantly put in um, situations where I'm forced to kind of learn the information to kind of be, have it pulled out of me almost like with what I already do know and kind of like form an answer around that. So like you said, like I'm always look like, love finding out new things like learning new things doing research all that stuff like it's something that i'm 
getting better at doing, but also like still enjoy, like I enjoy doing it, but I'm also getting better at doing that and like putting myself in those positions to learn, be uncomfortable. Cause I think that's what it's all about in your career. Like that's how you're going to push stuff forward is putting yourself in uncomfortable positions to learn new things. Wow. I could exclamation <laughs> point. I mean, you said so many things right there. I mean, to summarize, getting uncomfortable, being willing to find your community of learners, right? Mm-hmm. Those who are willing to teach you, even if you're you're working for the intern, right? Are they are they helping you to learn and formulate your own thoughts? Exactly. Most important, exactly. whatever career you're stepping into, uh, or when it comes to your own body, are you learning what works for your system? Are you mm-hmm. learning what exercises help you to feel strong, connected, healthy? Uh, yeah. And to be in a position to grow continually and expand your ranges, whether it be flexibility or strength. Uh, yeah. And to be open, to constantly be open to learning and letting the world be your teacher. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, I think the people who get held back in their careers are the people who aren't willing to grow. Like they're not willing to learn new information, especially in this field. Things are constantly changing. Like I said, new research is constantly being done. So like being open to like changing what you've believed for three years and like being open to see like why it's changed, like learning how you can adapt that to your own field and your own practices. Like, and then just honestly in any career, like being uncomfortable, putting yourselves in those positions, taking that risk to like learn something that you like were kind of scared to learn or what would it be um and just that'll honest in the end it'll help propel you even further like it's not gonna really set you back so i've always been one to like i like i'm always looking for like an uncomfortable situation to put myself in that's why i like sought out that internship even though like i had to make the sacrifice of kind of like okay i'm not really making money because internship unpaid internships you know how it's it's tough and that's also another thing we have to do a lot of those in psychology too yeah so like the unpaid internship routes like that's like what my field consists of like it's all unpaid internships getting the skills learning learning from others who are in that field building credibility building that resume so it's just putting yourself in those positions making that sacrifice is really what's going to help you grow and hopefully building a client base right i've got one or two clients that are still coming to me from 2005 They came back, back, followed me because, right, the trust was there. Maybe Mm -hmm. the same knowledge base wasn't, but also trusting who you are, that just what you bring right now may be enough to build that relationship. Yeah, I think a lot of it is, yeah, like you said, trust, like who you are as a person and like what, what you can offer someone. And then also coupled with that, like your education, how you're constantly willing to learn more, continue to educate yourself. Like that puts, that builds your credibility and puts a lot of trust in others to trust you and like trust you with what you're going to help them with. Yeah. I've had a lot, I've had a lot of people who like, I've just built relationships with like clients, like high schoolers and stuff. And like being someone like, I think one of the best things about what I do is that being someone who someone else kind of looks up to or looks to for advice, for help, or like, whether it be like, in in life or like in the field of fitness like being able to be like that person to someone else and have that you know that credibility is it's an unreal feeling it's amazing yeah that may be the, your biggest why yet that you've given us mm-hmm. oh yeah no 100 like i've had um when i went to my 
I had two girls who played soccer. They both had ACL tears. Um, I just went a couple, I want to say uh, two months ago, um, I went to their senior night and just seeing them back on the flight, just being there with them, being at their senior night, like seeing who they were and like, like hearing what they were saying to me about how grateful they were. And I also expressed how grateful I was to them. Like that's the most rewarding part is like becoming someone who makes an impact in someone else's life. They trust you. They like, they, um, they follow you, they listen to you, they look, they look up to you. And like you said, like how you have people from 2005 still working with you, right? Like you, you have to be doing something right, you know? Right. And it's okay. Right? I know there's yeah. like this idea in the helping profession, like, oh no, I'm here for you. I serve you. You're the client. And it's true, right? We're not there, you know, maybe in training, it's a little bit more ac- acceptable, but it's like, you're not really there to be the friend but mm-hmm. with teenagers if you're if they're going to respect you especially yeah they're going to want to know that they do feel as if you are their friend and they could oh, say yeah. it to you you're not going to maybe uh give them all the advice on the boyfriend girlfriend but they may yeah. bring it up in the course of training you're going to hear it oh yeah i mean these like i've had several training sessions that honestly turn into like like therapy sessions like we'll just sit and talk like we won't even do a workout like, especially with these younger athletes or whatever, like going through anything, like you just sit and talk, you, you just hang out in the ups and you see them in the downs. And it's amazing yeah. if they still showed up for their session, especially in rehab, especially in rehab, because like, I don't know if you ever had like an injury that required rehab, but it is ups and downs. Like there oh, are going to be, I had yeah. back surgery. And I remember that you talked about the tech, putting the ultrasound and, and, mm-hmm. and doing the, the, the electro stim. That might as well have been synagogue or church. I mean, (laughs) I remember everything about that guy. Yeah, Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, it's it's therapeutic. It's one place where your your pain is is gets to leave your body, or you get to feel relief. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get to escape whatever you have outside. Yeah, like you get to like a lot of people that one hour day they come to escape the realities or whatever it be maybe whether it's in rehab or whether it's like personal training like you know that becomes some of their outlets. And so like being that person that provides that to them is very rewarding. And it makes you feel like you're actually making an impact. Like for COVID, like I'm so grateful that I'd never really had the experience, the work from home type of thing. Like I'm a social being. I love being around people. I love like talking, forming connections. So like having that, like can being able to maintain that and maintain that social interaction, those like relationships was just super great. was just unreal so i was really grateful for that for sure right and a lot of your clients probably you had some interruption especially teens right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah i still feel like there's still uh adjustments being made too fast too close too many people in your space 100 <laughs> you know? oh yeah i mean regardless of covid or not like do not stand so close to me <laughs> we don't need to be breathing down each other's necks COVID or not, like, right. we can have our space. We can give our space. <laughs> I like my home workout space. I want my own. <laughs> I want my own. Yeah. But, but, no, but um, there is something I, about that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, hey, listen, we all need our little bit of personal space to feel good and, you know, sweat or in my case, uh, you know, bust a little EDM dance in between sets, you know, yeah, giving, right? giving away secrets only to be seen during my workout. <laughs> Uh, but but it's really about feeling good yeah (laughs) in your body so tell us Gloria uh in closing how do you keep balance and perspective 
um, and keep this a passion for you? And how can our listeners find you or reach out to you on your preferred channels? Well, um, for myself, like it's just all about maintaining balance. Like I think there's that fine line of like, okay, working towards your goals and like remembering what you're working toward, but also not remembering like you are an individual yourself, you're a person yourself, you have like, you can experience burnout and especially with things you're passionate about. And I think putting yourself in the right situations, whether it be a career, relationship, whatever, like just being able to place yourself in the right situations and do what's best for yourself along with helping others, like especially in this field, right? This field is very much a giving field. Like you are constantly that energized, energetic person, like bringing that passion, that energy to the session. But it's also you have to remember that within that, like you need to have your own passions outside of it. Keep living your life, like doing what you, it is your passion outside of your career. Because I think being passionate about your career and making your entire life about your career is where people go wrong. And they, that's when they experience that burnout. Because then when you step, you take a step back and you look outside of it, it's like, what else do I have in my life that is truly making me happy and truly bringing me like the, like, you know, true happy. I don't want to be your pet, but true happiness, you know, you're enjoying what you're doing. This is what, why you're doing what you're doing. Um, so for me, I just think it's like maintaining balance, maintaining balance, work life. Like life is still my work and work is still my life, but not making it everything about that. You know, like burnout is real. We're humans. We're, we're, it happens, you know, and like to avoid that, to avoid being burnt out about something you're passionate about is still something I'm learning too. Like I'm still trying to figure out how to maintain that balance and how to work towards what I want to work towards and keep that dream alive and not kind of get discouraged by how like the obstacles you face or the routes you have to take. Um, but yeah, so it's just, like you said, finding that balance in everything you do is super important. What's the one thing? What's the one thing that that nobody gets to interfere with that's just glorious? Oh man, that's just mine. I don't I don't know. I don't think I found that one thing yet. Like <laughs> I don't think I it's like I, I ask myself that every day. I'm like, what is truly, truly mine? Like that like no one else can really mess with. Like, no, like this is what I'm doing. Um and I don't want to say like what I'm my goal, what I'm working towards, um, because that kind of like contradicts like, okay, like separate work and life. But I'm not really sure. I haven't figured it out yet. When I do, I'll let you know. That's, that's an honest answer. Maybe it's the you blades know? of grass. Maybe it's taking yeah. naps. <laughs> yeah. You can make um, a class, naps with timing. But sometimes exactly. it is the smallest entry point, right? Five minutes of a journal right yeah. 10 minutes of uh, screaming to your favorite song in the car and your commute home yeah i mean in that regard you know we all have our little things we do to kind of escape like i where i live i'm like able to do that like i live um in like the valley area so like there's a bunch of like places you can just kind of go and get out of your own head um i do that a lot like you know i take advantage of that like just kind of stepping back from like what's going on in my life and just kind of like, okay, you know, I'm here, we're living, we're doing our thing, you know? Um, so I guess in that regard, you know, just finding those little moments to like kind of take a step back and realize like, you're good. Like you're doing what you need to be doing. You're doing what you yeah. love and you love doing it. Um, so that's my biggest thing. 
For sure. And uh, how do you prefer listeners get a hold of you or find you assigned for, aside from signing up for workouts at the gym? Um, well, I have social media. I have one. I have my main account, um, which is my personal account. And then I'm working on building a fitness account with actually one of the other trainers at the gym. Um, I can let, did you want me to spell those out or did you want me to yeah, spell them it too? out? If you don't want, we'll post it in the show oh. notes as well. But for anyone listening oh. in their car. Yeah. Um, well, my personal account is queen underscore G underscore on Instagram. And then I believe my fitness account is glorious fitness. I believe with an underscore. <laughs> so I don't remember. I haven't, I haven't really la- like launched it yet. Really done much content, but I guess this could be like, you know, the early launch, the soft launch. Um, but I'll well, get it, it to us. We'll put it in the yeah. show notes. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Certainly if you are in the, in the, Los Angeles area and you have time to check out a workout with uh, Gloria. So she'll keep it positive and she'll keep you inspired and um, she'll be a healthy role model. If you are a teen, especially if you're a female teen athlete and needing that role model, especially if you love basketball. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta love it. Gotta love the sport. (laughs) I'm going to get back out there one of these days. One of these days. We gotta, we have to have like a studio, like, tournament or something just like a little three on three tournament three on you know? three thank you yeah not a lot of running <laughs> yeah no half court only you know set time limit the cardio you know limit the injuries that could possibly go wrong <laughs> well gloria thank you for joining us today on behalf of all our listeners it's an honor oh man what a pleasure i've been looking forward to this i'm so glad we're able to do this rich Thank you. Any parting words for our listeners, those who have been struggling to get back into fitness, take care of their health. I mean, motivation, finding the motivation is the toughest part, but just taking that first step, you know, like I always tell people, people come in the gym and they're like, I'm like, how are you doing today? And they're like, well, I'm here. And I was like, that's all you can ask for. You showed up, just keep showing up. You know, eventually it's going to get easier. It's going to click more. It's going to become more routine. So like I always tell people like, just show up, take that first step. That's all it takes. That's right. Right. You may not think you're a gym person, but sit in the lobby two days with your gym clothes and that's all it takes to become a gym person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better. Lowest bar of entry. All right, Gloria, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much, Rich. It was such a good time. Such a pleasure. And I will see you in my next class. That's right. You bet. Well, thank you all for tuning in, meeting the amazing individuals in my life and my community so they can be part of your global community, whether it be social media or uh, through inspiring you to access those incredible professionals near you for accessing your own mental health and your own physical health and learning a little bit more each day to challenge yourself, be a little bit more healthier, happier and connected. Thank you for being part of my tribe. Thank you for tuning in, for sharing, liking, listening. And if you or someone else you know needs assistance, please reach out to me via social media or email at richardlistens or richardlistens.com. And if you have not picked up a copy of The Zero Method, Awaken the Hero Within on Amazon, please do so. We appreciate it. And 10% of all earnings go to charity. Thank you. Take care. I'm Richard Listens. I'm out.